Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal. Oh, it's not up. Doug Let's Sprinthal. do it again. We'll there do I it am. again. Here we go. We'll do it again. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal for the third time. <laughs> Andy Rampernard. Mike Gelfan. The reason we did it again is so you featuring. wouldn't say things like for the third time. I'm sorry. I'm probably not even going to edit that. I'll just, just come do the cable morning. We're going to do. We're going to do a live ad, which will be recorded yeah. for <clears throat> later broadcast. You ready, right. Tom? I'm ready. You, you all set? I am. Attention, KQ listeners, if you're hearing this, we're either experiencing technical difficulties or non-technical ones, or I'm called away to a high-level meeting. High-level vacation, more than likely. Uh, Do Paul and Andrew know you barely work? Quiet, Florida breath. Pot to kettle. Funny. Sorry, I think this is a great time to remind listeners about Walzer Care, our 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty, our three-day return policy, and our 21-day exchange policy with details at walzer.com. Tell them where to find us, Tom. In Burnsville, visit Walzer Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, and Experienced Autos. In Bloomington, check out Toyota and Buick GMC. In Hopkins, you'll find Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. Wyzetta Nissan and Wyzetta. Coon Rapids Nissan should be able to guess where that is. Roseville Buick GMC, White Bear Polar Chevrolet and Mazda. And finally, St. Paul Subaru in South St. Paul. For the latest in specials, be sure to check out Walzer.com. He makes it look so 55. easy. That's yeah. perfect. There's a little ding in there. Someone's phone. That was down. me. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Your phone dinged really. How I, it just weird. I, it didn't How ring. How unusual <laughs> that would happen. Well, I will run the rest of the ads now. You're unbelievable. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant
Hey folks, it's Brian Zepp, and spring is finally here. If you're like me, you're seriously ready for some wind therapy. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. Do do do. We're gonna have a guest in a couple of minutes, but I, I do want to get back to. We were having a good, right now. We, I know who are you, oh. Candace. Yeah. <laughs> and this. Who, who am I to say? She loves to inter- interrupt everything I say, just like you. What do you think of that action? No, she's a barn burner. It's a very nice person, actually. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, now Brian, do you put the e at the end of your name, or is it just Lazart? It's Lazarte, thanks for asking. See, Lazarte, <laughs> because some people don't go don't go with it. Some people do. So it's Brian Lazarte, correct? That is correct. All right, James Lee Hernandez with us. Then uh, their uh, next series, Big, the Big Con, a new uh, Apple TV Plus original true crime docu series, reveals the outrageous true story of the biggest federal fraud in U.S. history. This is an amazing, that's all I want to say about it. I want to hear you guys, Brian and James, talk about this because we were just talking about the big con that the world is now. The world is nothing but a big con, basically. <laughs> uh, we certainly, uh, you know, find ourselves intrigued by, uh, you know, the the foils of our, our own greed and temptations and uh, what if, right? Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's uh, certainly uh, the case. I mean, it's a story about Eric C. Khan, and like literally, his name is Khan, <laughs> and he pulled off the largest social security fraud case in history. Um, it's over half a billion dollars. Oh wow! And he did this. Yeah, he did this. Uh, you know, out of Eastern Kentucky, uh, unbeknownst to so many people, um, in a small coal town. Uh, of, of Pike County and Floyd County, and uh, got away with it for almost a decade. And if it wasn't for the help of you know, these incredible characters that we ha- also have, these two whistleblowers, uh, he probably would still be doing it today. But of course, once he does get busted, in true Hollywood fashion, he goes on the run. I love it. We get the. Uh... Mannix after him, the FBI, you know, everybody. Mannix? Remember Mannix? <laughs> this is 1969? The only reason I know that name is because my mother loved that show. Tony Franciosa? The Tony, name was of that the who game? it was? Anyway, no, it wasn't. Honestly, God, that, that literally is, I remember that because it was my mother's favorite crime show when I was a little boy. Mannix. In any case, um, I, Brian and James, i got to ask you both this, and actually everybody here, here in the studio as well. What is it about the human brain that I just got away with a $200 million scam, but that's not enough? I got to keep going. Why wouldn't you, after about 30, 40, 50 million, just go, goodbye? You'll never see me again. I guess it's too much fun, right? Is that what it is? Too much fun? I, I don't know if it, it's too much fun. It really is that whole situation of greed. You know, it, right. it, it starts as just something small. Okay, well. I can see a way to cut a few corners, make some extra money, and then the people involved start to like getting that extra money, and that starts to snowball into, okay, we're just going to do a little bit bigger, but this is going to be the last time to right. get away with that. <laughs> right. And it's just to build and build and build, and obviously it 
starts to turn into a golden handcuff situation where now you're used to a certain type of life and you're used to getting away with it. And with Eric Kahn and his situation, you know, people described him as he was like addis- addicted to risk. Like he liked to do oh. crazy stuff. Too much fun. I mean, there's there's like a dopamine factor there, yeah, right? Getting away, away with it, stuff, yeah. Need to go. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I was just gonna, you know, <laughs> double down on that. And you know, he was in a lot of cases like the modern day Robin Hood, though. Uh, oh. You got to remember this for Social Security benefits. Um, like people don't really think that. Uh, think about Social Security for young people. Uh, they associate with when you retire or whatnot, but mm-hmm. there's actually a huge part of this fund. It's a government spending $130 billion plus a year that goes towards disability cases, right? So people who get injured and are unable to work. And it's not a whole lot of money, but you got to remember this is cold country. Like, So there are a lot of young people who were getting injured in this small town. Mm-hmm. I mean, more people... I mean, Right, and so they were all going to these disability uh, attorneys, and and Eric, I mean, he was like, he actually touted himself as Mister Social Security, right? Um, but he kind of had this uh, bravado about him and charisma and charm, and really imagined himself as like the Kentucky James Bond, and would you know travel the world and live this lavish lifestyle, and had you know every single billboard in town, did all the wacky commercials, and everybody went to him because they didn't really know of any other attorney uh, that could do this and do it as fast as he could do it. And that was the thing that made him so magical, is that he he felt he was like the expert of the system. Like, people in general had to wait about a year to a year and a half, if, if not more, to get their benefits when they would file, and oftentimes to get denied. And he was, like, guaranteeing people benefits and guaranteeing them faster than anyone else, like 30 days or less. So if you needed benefits and you were yeah. out of work, like... Yep. This this guy could do something no one else could. How did he figure that out? Do you guys know? I mean, where did it all start? How did he figure it out? Well, I you know we did a whole four part documentary series explaining that. <laughs> right, I understand. <laughs> oh, so you don't want to give away the, the story? Will that be airing anytime soon? Yes. Will that be on television? Do you know? <laughs> if, uh, no. So you don't want to give it away. I understand if you don't want to give anything away because I do want to watch the show. But this stuff. It's just, the, the only reason I asked, uh, was that. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you just broke up a little bit. Actually, go ahead. Uh, so the, part of it is that with. Um, with this situation, it really is a, a product of the system. You know, Social Security has largely been the same for 50 years or more. And one thing that is a, a huge part of it is that, and this is something that Brian and I didn't even understand when we started this, you, know, you think Social Security is literally just for retirement. You, know, you hit a certain retirement age, you start to collect your, uh, your, uh, not your Social Security checks. Right. But with this situation... There's actual Social Security disability benefits. If you get injured while you're working and you really can't work again, it's basically the same as retire, being retired. You can get these benefits through Social Security, and it's, it's over $100 billion part of this whole entire thing. And so when you don't have the checks and balances in place to keep this thing honest, something like this can happen, and then you have public officials who can start you know, looking at this thing like one main judge that Eric was working with. And if you have someone on the inside and someone on the outside working together, it just makes an unstoppable force. 
Do you guys think, I mean, did you go all the way back and study Social Security? Do you think it was ever a good idea to put Social Security in the general fund? I thought that, what a huge mistake that was. Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that are debatable about yeah. what, uh, you know, how, how and what should have been done. And ultimately, it's where we are now, and what can we do to make this a better system, yes, right? Yes. Um, but this is... This is such a it's a it's a complex uh, it's a complex wild and you know complicated um, system to navigate and it's one of the reasons why he really was able to get away with this fraud for so many years is like people just weren't paying attention or they couldn't figure out what it was I mean on the surface uh, like we didn't set out to say hey we're really attracted by Social Security let's make a documentary series I mean after uh, a few years ago we made a, a documentary series called McMillions uh, about the oh, McDonald's and sure. watched it. And you know, we, we we loved how zany and quirky and funny, but yet, you know, uh, sincere that story was and relatable in some cases. And the big con, you know, it's equally as, as funny and zany and wild, but it's the stakes are so much bigger. And uh, and the tragedy in this story is also far greater. So, um, with with Eric and what he was doing, he really knew how to navigate this system in a way that no one else did. And you know, the story is just it, it has uh, you know these whistleblowers from the government agency that are like these un- unknown heroes uh, in this story. But it's got you know Wall Street Journal reporters, got federal investigators, it's got voodoo dolls, porn stars. Uh, <laughs> Thailand, uh, and this insane escape story that he tells us about um, that you just can't, you know, you could never even imagine writing. The whole thing is just so, so amazing to me. You know, all I can think of while we're talking is you look at the world the way it is right now, you look at the big con, Eric Khan and all the things that went on there. It, it, it amazes me that the arrogance of human beings, and it's not just Americans, it's around the world and it has been the entire time, the existence of the planet, talking yourself in the fact that you deserve to steal money from other people. Amazing. I don't know how you get to that area where all of a sudden, no matter what I do, it's okay because I'm doing it. How did, have we always been like that since, did the cave people steal each other's raw bones <laughs> you know i guess probably. so <laughs> i mean i, I just I, I don't understand how you can talk yourself into cheating people who are on social security out of money it's disgusting well it's it's when you look at it and yeah it is unfortunately something that existed forever i mean you yeah. have uh, stories of of people in medieval times pretending to be lords and ladies just to be able to get into a certain <laughs> court you have you know things happening in the 1800s with you know, the the whole idea that or the the concept of a snake oil salesman right. is around because those were hustlers, those were fraudsters that were hustling people. And as long as there's money involved, especially a huge amount of money, where you have uh, what you have with Social Security, there's always going to be people that are going to try and take advantage and take it. The Wall Street Journal reporter who really broke this whole story, he actually did two other stories on Social Security of two other massive frauds, and we're doing a companion podcast along with the series on Apple TV Plus that comes out tomorrow, May 6th, just like the series does. 
And we actually go deeper into that whole situation of with these two other massive frauds that were going on that were broken by the Wall Street Journal and you know how all of this happens. And it just really comes down to if there's a lot of money involved, you need more checks and balances, and there just weren't enough for that. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm doing. The checks and balances are a very difficult thing for us these days, apparently. I don't really understand why it's so hard to just check on people's work or what. Look, I mean, I've been, we've all been through it. I remember several years ago, I went to dinner with a guy uh, that I had known about 10 years. It was just the two of us. I paid the bill and I left the tip in cash. <clears throat> and it wasn't, you know, a sizable tip, but I left it on the table in cash. We walked out and he said, oh, man, I, I, I got I to gotta go hit the head, man. I'll be right back. So he goes in, and I look in through the front window. He doesn't go to the bathroom. He goes back to our table and steals the tip. I was, he in, was he in radio? Maybe. What? <laughs> was he in radio? <laughs> is, is he on this call right now? <laughs> no, he's not on the call right now. But it just amazed me that he thought that I wouldn't be able to know that he took my tip. Mm. I just... How do you talk yourself into the fact, because he had just seen the tip be placed maybe five minutes earlier. Yeah. In five minutes, he thought, that money should be mine, not hers, because I left it for the server. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be, you know, people that uh, will do the uh, outlandish version of stealing tip money. Uh, and, you know, we'll be there to make a documentary series about them when they do. Um, in this case, it. it was it was really about ignoring the problem. And I think that that's one of the sure. things that we talked about a lot is that, you know, these two whistleblowers who were working at the government agency, they spotted this fraud immediately. And they said, hey, there's a problem here. This judge and this lawyer are doing something that shouldn't be, <laughs> that, that, that is not really supposed to be happening. And uh, all their supervisors ignored it. People saw this happening, and they, and they realized, like, hey, well, this is it's good for us, it's good for everybody else, and, like, we're not going to, like, he's very powerful, we're not going to meddle. And when you ignore a problem, it doesn't just go away. It just becomes a bigger problem. And not only did it become a bigger problem, but they actually tried to stop these two whistleblowers from getting the word out and letting other people know, <laughs> hey, something wrong is happening here. And... It gets to the point where this story, you know, has, like, I mean, you'll see it with Eric C. Khan and, and the, the outlandish lifestyle and, the, you know, Rolls Royces and, you know, the, the flashy lifestyle that he had and the billboards and TV commercials. But the tragedy of this is a cautionary tale to what happens when you ignore a problem. And, and why would they? They just didn't want to be bothered with it. They thought it was too tough a case. They didn't want to piss off their friends. Why did they ignore it? Or is that something else I'm learning by watching well, the big con? Hey, you'll, you'll learn about it, but what we can say about that is there's so many things that are linked to what was going on. And social oh. security, it's a numbers game. So when they're... When they're doing all of this work and trying to get these people help, there's such a backlog that there's an emphasis on doing things as fast as possible and getting as many people through oh, the system sure. as fast as possible. Sure. And that's where you run into a problem. Because when you have that, then all your bonuses, all your promotions, all the accolades for the individual Social Security offices in their different regions is all based around how many people can we move through this system 
And that's when you have people who are you know, willing to turn a blind eye or, or, or you know, be willfully ignorant on something that was pretty shady going on because it's helping the office in general. It's helping them get accolades, helping them get attention on a national level. And that's where you have those types of problems come to light. What a story this is. What do you think, Mike? Uh, I think that the, uh, that the nation's dermatologists are going to be very envious. <laughs> Why would that be? Oh, you know, they're, they're making tens of millions of dollars. That's and, uh, true. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think, I, I, what, what can I add to that? No, you're right. You know, just, it's a lifestyle profession, just like stealing. Well, I suppose. I, I suppose that is true. You know, honestly. the hours are good. The pay is yeah. good. You know, they don't get up at four in the morning like morning radio guys. No, no. There's the. You know, you're not going to find yourself with brain damage when you're 65 doing this. You might be in prison, but yeah. But I mean, if, I don't know about skin doctors. You know, I, that, that's a whole different breed of people having to to look at uh, odd yeah. odd things uh, all day long. I mean, with Social Security, you're just dealing with uh, with numbers and you know people who are. Um, um, who are struggling to uh, to make ends meet, and in, in this case, I think when when we when you get into this documentary series, you're going to see a really fascinating character, and you're going to also see this really complex system, but done in a and I think in a really fun. I mean, James and I have put so much time and energy into like making these uh, types of fraud in, engaging, uh, and hopefully um, uh, a, a great you know, a great conversation piece to say, like, man, what are we doing here? Yeah, and that's exactly it. Boy, I just look at you guys. I mean, this is a bit off to off topic. Well, it's not really off topic because it's about the two of you. You guys have been very, very busy and very successful. It's, what a terrific list of, of things you have. You know, we've been really fortunate. Uh, with McMillions, we, we got to do that full deep dive with HBO. We've been really, really excited to work with Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. on the BigCon. Uh, we're actually doing another project with them that will be coming out later in the year. We're just, we really are, uh, uh, there's just a certain level of these stories that really speak to us in the sense that, you know, we love the gray area of life. Like, uh, you think of things as cops and robbers, but it really isn't like that. Because good people sometimes make bad decisions and get themselves in way over their heads. And we just, uh, we like to see what decisions go into getting you into that place. Now, there's one title I have there's to get to that, that, that just fascinates me. Uh, the audio series will be part of Apple TV Plus original podcast, now streaming on Apple Podcasts. By the way, whoever it was at Apple that set that up, that's a brilliant move. I think they all, I don't know if they all do it now, but... Uh, podcasting digital is a huge part of the success of a lot of TV uh, TV shows. All the rest, of, I mean, they, they help one another. There's no question. So that was, that was a, that was a brilliant move there. But I uh, no, I do love the title "Run Bambi Run." I like that one a lot. Uh, Wild things, Siegfried and Roy hooked. But there's the title, "The Problem with John Stewart." That's an interesting title. What's that all about? <laughs> I love that title. Yeah, there's some good titles. I think the Big Con is up there uh, with them. And, it is, yeah. It is. Uh, we, I mean, we're we're stoked. I mean, everything that Apple TV Plus has been putting out has just been phenomenal. We we're excited to be a, a part of the family and to see um, to see this get out there. Uh, uh, you know, in the world uh, tomorrow, day six. 
Now, does it feel good to you guys? I mean, you, you're helping people, obviously, by putting putting this out there. You're informing people. That's what you wanted to do, uncovering crime and all the rest of it. But does it's got to feel pretty good, though, helping all these people, particularly people in their 80s and 90s who kind of need that Social Security check, right? Yeah, and for us, this is really our version of an issue, Doc. You know, we, we can lure you in with the crazy, you know, gallivanting, bigger, larger-than-life character of Eric C. Khan. But underneath it all, there are people that are still fighting for their benefits. I and mean, once Eric got caught, everyone got cut off that ever saw him, whether they were actually injured or needed the benefits or not. Oh, and there are God. still a, a lot of people that are fighting to get those benefits back, fighting tooth and nail against the Social Security Administration. We hope that this shines a light on this whole situation and some systematic changes can be can come forward and then that these people can get their benefits back because they need them to survive. And that's the part I was talking yeah, about. And it's, it's not just, yeah, and it's, it's not just, uh, you know, retired people. I mean, we're talking about the disability portion of it where, mm-hmm. you know, people, young people who cannot work anymore um, who are reliant on this, like, lifeline. But we all pay into this, right? All of us as, as taxpaying, uh, you know, Americans uh, pay into the system. It's a safety net. And when people abuse it, they're stealing from all of us. And so it really is something that affects all of us. Anytime anyone does something like this, like we need to make sure that there's accountability and uh, things put in place. So, you know, you can watch the series, have a lot of fun with it and, you know, laugh and enjoy the zaniness of it. But, yeah, there's an undertone to it that, um, that definitely will speak to everybody. See, that's a that's a really good thing. I, I just uh, the thing that I've never understood about people like this, and I got to point out, yeah, I pointed out quite a bit on the show just about the way I think. But I grew up in a very very poor neighborhood, and I can't I don't even know how many people in that neighborhood were on on benefits, whether it be Social Security or welfare or whatever. Uh, I watched them. I watched them stand in line, and if they didn't get that check, they were in major trouble. There wasn't going to be any food on the table that night. Uh, and the other side, so knowing that is a little difficult. And then the other side of it is, uh, you know, let's say, uh, Brian or James, do either one of you have children? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got two. So you do realize when they go after you, they're going after your wife, after your children, after your husband, whatever you, whatever. I, I don't understand how people don't fathom the fact that if I go after you, I'm going after everybody in your family. And I don't know how to how you sleep at night doing that. It's, it, yeah, I mean, I, I think that just in general, I mean, the, part of the tragedy of the story, I mean, there were, um, there were you know, there were lives lost uh, associated with yep. the story. Um, not to get all dark on you here, but um, it, it is, it's part of the humanitarian crisis that was happening in eastern Kentucky at this time. I mean, this whole community was, def- def- you know, decimated as a result of what happened here, and um, and a lot of people, you know, point the finger to, to Eric Khan and will say, like, oh, he was this, you know, narcissistic, you know, greedy attorney. And he's a lot more complex than that. I think that people are going to be surprised by how they feel about him, but also realize, like, how many other players were a part of this. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly surprising. It is indeed. Brian Lazarte, James Lee Hernandez. The next series, The Big Con, a new Apple TV Plus original true crime docuseries, reveals the outrageous true story of the biggest federal fraud in U.S. history. The Big Con premieres with all four episodes on May 6th, tomorrow. 
globally on Apple TV Plus, along with the companion podcast that goes even deeper into this almost. That's that is again. Let me say it. I already said it, but I'll say it again. That's brilliant. You come out with the uh, with the all four episodes, and then you also have a podcast about it. That's man. That's how to get, that's how to get things heard and seen. I'll tell you that. Really, really good move. Uh, you can watch Trail on YouTube.com. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah, gentlemen. All right, we'll get get back to work and make make more stuff. All this uh, crazy stuff. They've, Apple TV Plus and our team here at Me have all been fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Brian James, thanks for your time today. Oh, thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks a lot. That's an, That does fascinate me, though, how people can just sit there and steal hundreds of millions of dollars and they just don't care. You know, it's kind of an interesting tie-in. Uh, that the fraud came from that part of the country, which is coal country, right? Right. Did you ever watch Dope Sick? I'm watching the, it right now. Yeah. Well, it, that, that's the reason that the Sacklers targeted that community yeah. because of the yep. high numbers of young uh, worker comp cases and stuff. God. Yeah. And and you know it's a there's this this whole layer of hopelessness there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which right. feeds into this. It does. The, no you know, and it. I wonder, one thing I wonder about is the unintended consequences that come from something like this. Because, you know, Social Security Administration, they're going to be forced to react. But you know how they'll react. They'll start, like, confiscating people's wheelchairs. Right. <laughs> That's very true. Well, uh, they're still chirping about the fact that someday Social Security is going to go dry. And this certainly doesn't help too much now, does it? No. Um, I could fix it in five minutes. Good, I'm glad to hear it. We need to take it out of the general fund. Mm -hmm. No, uh, I would eliminate the cap on income for paying in. Yeah, yeah. Because it stops at I think it's like one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Right. And you could probably drop the actual percentage because you know when there's an employee-employer relationship, the employee pays seven and a half, the employer pays seven and a half. Mm -hmm. If they increased it so everybody that's working participates in it, you'd probably drop it to four or five. So you're saying all yeah. you'd have to do is basically get more money from the people who control the political system. Right. <laughs> that's all he's saying. Yeah, Mike? That, that shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be a problem at all. Uh, we're going to take a break here, but I, I do want to come back and talk a little bit about the, the situation in America right now because well, it's not just America either; it's the entire world. Uh, has huge problems right now. People, well, I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and we'll come right back and and talk about it at that point. Mike Gelfand in studio, Doug Sprinthal, Andy, some other hun yuck. We'll be right back. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. 
Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation in Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they were referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Thank you again to our uh, very special guest, The Big Con, the name of it. It's on Apple Plus TV, so that's good. Now, I have to ask you guys a question, because I... I do not watch the nightly news anymore. Uh, I used to, you know, because it's part of my job to know what the hell's going on, right? But you can't watch it. And I, I, I should say I can't watch it, whether it's Fox or CNN or any of them, because I just don't hear any of them telling the truth about anything. Um, and then this morning I get in, I had, I had completely blanked out the, uh, or blocked out, excuse me, the news last night. First story I read this morning is people are very, very upset because it's Cinco de Mayo. And if you wear uh, any Mexican garb whatsoever, it's cultural appropriation. So in other words, if I today go down and have a couple of drinks and wear a sombrero to celebrate your holiday, I'm appropriating your culture. How is that possible? I never understood the whole 5th of May thing anyway, because they don't really celebrate it in Mexico, do they? No, they do not. (laughs) Not at all. But how, if I wear a sombrero to to celebrate your holiday, how is that cultural appropriation? I don't get that. Do you guys understand that? Can't you just ignore the stupid people? No, because it's 99% of them. Mm, I don't know about that. I think you entrench yourself in the stupid people, and then you think that there's a lot more of them than they are. You really think that's true? Yes. What was in the newspaper this morning? Well, that case closed. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. They are all lying to make money. Pretty much, yeah. That's exactly what I'm uh, talking now, about. Now, wait a minute. The newspapers are not making money. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> hey, wait what? a minute. Making money? <laughs> what are you talking about? They're just barely getting by. Yeah. No, I don't know. I just, like I said, I grew up with people of all all types, I guess is the best way to put it. I, mm-hmm. I just... And it's not just that. It's it's this whole, every time that I want to do something, does that mean, so basically I should be wearing a kilt because of Bernard name, 
Barnard is a Scottish name, so <laughs> please, I should be please, wearing kilts. Please don't. Do yeah, that. No, you, no, no. I'm appropriating my own culture. Easy for you to say. You got the legs for it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. There's a reason the kilt has gone out of fashion uh, a couple hundred years ago. Well, Mom still got that picture of me wearing one over in Scotland because mm-hmm. they didn't have any pants that I could wear. <laughs> that was just a prank they play on Americans. Yeah, I'm probably. Sure. It's probably true. <laughs> No, I just, I, I, are we ever going to get back to being somewhat happy, or are we just going to no. be more miserable? Stop reading on? the news, yes. There's too much it's money. It's my to... job, Andy. I don't know if you know that or not. Well, then you'll never be happy. There, okay, well, you there know, you go. There, there appears to be a pretty good industry going on and dividing the country. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. That's what I'm saying. If no one paid attention to these people, then there would be no problem. The problem is that they hear... This right. division and this agitation, and then they get mad, and then the country gets worse. And they, but and everyone people, just ignored yeah. them. But people want to get mad. That's yes, the real they problem. they do. They love being angry, and they mm-hmm. love having it stoked night after night. Yep. But sure the problem do. is, and you guys, and you know, I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I have had people go after me for this woke mm-hmm. bullshit. Uh, you don't want to go through that, man. It ain't pretty, and it ain't comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, but unless you've been through it, you don't know what that feels like. Well, the yeah. trick is learning how to threaten people without actually threatening them. <laughs> Damn it! Gee, your house sure is nice over there on 235 Cedar Street. That's pretty subtle. It's kind of the mafia subtle deal. I'd hate to see something happen exactly. to it. Right. <laughs> to your lovely home. No, I don't know. I, it just, it's not even the news. It just makes me sad that people, first of all, want to be a victim uh, and then... How they treat each other like dirt. Why don't you? You got a hundred years, man. Would you just be decent, have a good time, and calm the f down? What's wrong with that idea? Boring. It's too make boring. People money. It's too, and it doesn't make them money. I suppose that's probably true. Yeah, you're. You know, you got to think next level, Tom. I do. I really should. How do I get there, Mike? I uh, I don't know. You, you have to fail into it. So I I don't know. <laughs> you have to. Well, you probably do. No, I I don't want any. Look. I got to be honest with you. I hear these arguments all the time. This side and that side. And I don't know. Uh, whenever I do watch the news, I, I try to watch. Well, not I try. I do watch both sides of the issue. I don't see any good guys. I really don't. Uh, I watch the news, and whether it's Fox or CNN or NPR, well, there are no good guys. You could, as you just said, it's all about the money or power. Sometimes power. Sometimes. Well, money is power. Yeah. If, if you take a I mean, look, yeah, it, it ultimately yeah. is all about power. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's a money's a way to get there, I mm-hmm. guess. I I don't know. I think, you know, I I, I read a, I read a, a great profile of Mitch McConnell, and the author of the of the piece said said that she looked desperately looked for someone, some friend of Mitch, who would tell her, you know, about the the gentle side, the nice side. And actually, one of his friends said to the to the woman who wrote the story, "You're looking the wrong place. It's it's just about power. That's, it is. that's all and there is to him. All, that's all there is to all of them. Well, is there one well, that well, isn't? And he's, but I mentioned him because he's the most powerful yeah. guy, probably yeah. in the world. Might be. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy who. Yeah. He just he he knows which which buttons to push, and he knows how to. And and he doesn't care. I mean, he could just as easily be a liberal. It wouldn't matter. As long as oh, he no, had the it power. Doesn't matter to him. Oh, he's he's actually leaned that way heavily just to prove how powerful he is. Yeah. You know, you got the Adam Schiffs of the world, and he's you know li- all he does. Yeah, I don't even use, need to use names. They all are filthy lying pigs, as far as I can tell. All of them. All right, you got any good ones out there? 
I'm not going to defend politicians. I, just don't, I don't have the energy. Yeah, really. That'd take a lot of work. I'd say uh, Katie Porter. Katie Who Porter. That? Which one that, is that? That's now? a name to know. She is a, uh, a member of the House of Representatives from California, mm-hmm. and she is the one who just humiliates billionaires. I like her. Like, you know, insurance companies, people who, you know, and, and she'll, when these people testify before Congress, she'll say, um, so how much does your average worker make a year? And there's a guy, you know, and how much do you make a year? Well, I, I don't really know. And so she'll tell them how much. <laughs> and, he'll, See, and, so, and she'll say, so, so when they can't answer, so, all right, so this is how much your average worker makes. Uh, $24,800 a year. Do you, how, how would you go about making a living that way? How would you go about feeding your family, right. educating your child? How would you do that? Well, I'd have to get back to you on that. You know, it's just, I'd have to get back to you. It's just brilliant. So Katie Porter. Yeah, and she's not. She's never going to be president. Probably never be a, a senator. Okay, so I do like her. But but yeah, look her up. She's. I mean, she's fantastic. And also, you know, she's not. And I think it, I think it's still a case in America where women have to look good to uh, to, you, to move up the ladder. You might be right about and that. And Katie Porter is not a great-looking woman. I mean, she's not horribly ugly, but I don't think she has the pizzazz. That's a cute woman name, Katie she, Porter. I better looking than Mitch McConnell? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if she is or not. She could be I struck by know. lightning and look better by Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Uh, Whatever yeah. happened to Mitch McConnell's mouth? I don't know, he never opens it. He never opens his mouth. I just no. talked to him yesterday and the guy told me. I wonder what he's hiding. Yeah, I don't know what the hell it's all about. Now, you have to remember, many people don't know this, but I voted for a Democratic woman for president. People don't even know I did that, even though I've talked about it a number of times. Mm-hmm. That's the other part of it, is I like the fact that people only remember the things they want to remember. Yeah, That's well, hilarious. I, you know, I there was a time when I voted for a, a number of Republicans running for local offices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, even to the local office, they you know they have to recite the big lie and all that crap. Which which big lie? Because there's so many of them right now. Well, I'm, I'm just talking about the one you know about the election that that, which, that, oh, the that, one that Trump Hillary really said that wanted. Trump didn't win. Uh, you mean that one? Yeah, but Hillary. It's the same argument. But it's Mike. not the same. It is. You didn't have an entire party saying, well, actually, we won, when obviously you didn't. You lost by 7 million votes. Well, that's No, there's never say. been anything like this. Come on, Tom. I Look. I mean, oh, I, I understand your that, point. That my point is they're all filthy. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even argue with that. No. That's I, the only point I have. I don't have any other Yeah, I, I mean, I just think it's it, it keeps being – it just – it goes to a next level, like every you know three weeks. That's all I'm saying. Does it really? I I don't pay any attention to that stuff at all. Like I said, I I voted for uh, for a uh, a woman of color from Hawaii, a Democrat, a Democrat woman of color. That's who I voted for, <laughs> and apparently I was a fool for doing that. I just thought she I thought she would have been a terrific president. Mm-hmm. Well, I, is she on the outs now though? Oh, with everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, everybody hates. Well, because she actually tells the truth. You don't need a truth teller in there. I mean, this is what she's, what, she was like a master sergeant in the United States Army on top of it, I believe. I thought she was in the Air Force. Was it the Air Force? Be wrong. Well, no, no, you probably are right. The Air Force. Well, here, let's look up Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard is her name, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, she's very bitter now. She's, she's, because she didn't get nominated, now she's becoming a Republican, right? 
I don't think so. I did. I, well, I don't know. I, is it? Did you hear that on, TV, on the news or something? No, I, I've just I've I've seen her, you know, doing bits on Fox and and probably other. Oh, she does she, yeah, bits yeah. on Fox, and yeah. she's you know she doesn't. Let's just say she doesn't talk like any Democrat I've ever heard of. Well, she used to. She just all she does is lash out at the party. Well, you know, if if everybody who ran for president lashed out at their own party, because you know there's going to be a hundred of them running for president. Right. But don't you think she was treated pretty poorly by both parties? I, I really was not that aware of her, I have to say. I, I was. I spent a lot of time reading it. But, but I know what you're yeah, saying, I that she wasn't up. allowed to be part of the... Right. Yeah. And But she wasn't the only one who probably got a raw deal. No. Oh, God, there's no no question about it. Like, U- like U.S. A, Army Reserve. Yeah, she was in the Army. Yep. Yeah, that's right. what I thought, yeah. But, um, look, I, I just... It's tough. You've got children. You know, you and Doug yeah. both have children. Andy's got a child. Now I have two children. That's the part that, that really annoys me, the right. fact that these people can piss our money away. We have got some major... You know the stock market, market this morning? I don't know where it is now, oh, but it was bad. a thousand points yeah, last I checked. Uh, yeah. Well, that was, you know, inevitably it was going to happen. Yes. That was a real bubble. That it's, was that was just a, a creation out of thin air. It was. And it's going to get worse. Uh, there, it, this is just absolutely disgusting yeah, what, what's going probably, on. Probably, yeah. I honest to God, we, <laughs> Brian Zepp was telling the story. He went and got a sandwich, a uh, lobster roll sandwich, and a beer at uh, a restaurant out in Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, lobster roll sandwich and a beer, $67. Oh, my God. Lobster is $30 a pound it's like in, the, in the grocery store. In the grocery store. Yeah, it's store. not going to be cheap. <laughs> and then you got to chase it and throw it in the pot and shell it. I mean, I, I could see 40 bucks, but 67 Jesus. I can top that. I paid $32 for a tuna fish sandwich. Now, that shouldn't have happened, especially because there probably was no tuna fish in the sandwich. <laughs> right. Man, what was that? Was that a Subway deal? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> what is it? What was that supposed to be again in the Subway stores? It was supposed to be was, tuna, and it wasn't. Yeah, it was supposed to be tuna, and, and I can't remember what exactly it was, but oh, as it turns that. out, it, that probably was not unique to Subway. No. Oh, you're knowledge. right about that. You know, it, it, it is kind of heartbreaking in the fact that I grew up, in, uh, you know, the Catholic, being a Catholic, my mother raised us. My mother was an ardent Democrat. She, she loved, well, like I said, she had three pictures on the wall, the Pope, uh, President Kennedy, and Dean Martin, <laughs> three guys she had up on the wall. She had to put a Catholic up there. I mean, it had to happen. Remember, Pope and remember what a what a big deal it was that people thought it would never happen. A Catholic, or be president, be president. Now they run the Supreme Court. Look well, how times change. Joe yeah. Biden's a Catholic. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, you got two two Catholic presidents now. There you have it. Which I did you ever think of a Catholic president? Both of them were Democrats. But my mother was an ardent Democrat. Actually, in the inner city, the, the Catholics in the inner city are all Democrats. Well, they kind of look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes back to the unions and, and right. other phenomena. Right. But, yeah. No, it's absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to look for a little comfort in a world. I'm at that point in my life now. So could we, every just buddy just leave each other alone? What are you doing? I mean, honest to God. And it all starts, and as far as I'm concerned, on the fact that all people do now is lie. That's all they do. Why? Why don't you just tell the truth? You can act like a man. <laughs> all right, I'll let it go. Well, they, tell, they, they tell the truth. They say they tell the truth, so you don't believe them, huh? They're telling the truth about telling the truth? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're asking? That's kind of what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> 
And I'm like, yeah, look, uh, you know, I've had a great life. I have a wonderful family, great friends. I don't, I don't like my coworkers on the podcast, but, you no, know. Can't have it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, life can't be perfect. Otherwise, it'd be boring. No, that's true. But, I mean, I, I just consider myself to be very, very fortunate. I had a great career and all the rest of it. I just try to be happier out there because you're dragging yeah. me down. No, right? You know, I mean, I feel the same way, but, you, you know, you talk about having kids and what are we leaving them with? That's that's. The I thing. know. No, you're right about that, Andy. What are we leaving you with? Uh, I guess that's for your uh, lawyer to decide when the <laughs> I time don't think comes. He that way. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. <laughs> he wants to know the dollar figure. That's what to a the great, penny. Tom. Yeah, to the penny. I want to know what the hell's going on. How here. much capital gains am I going to be paying on this? Thing? I don't know. It just it's that it's just how I grew up, and I just yeah. I really don't have a political party now. I'm just kind of stuck in the middle as, as a centrist, going, well, can we? Why don't we all just try to get along? Rodney King, Rodney. baby. That's all I have to say. It would be nice, though, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. It's never going to happen, though, is it? You know, there's always the danger that we're going to look back on this as being the good old it's, days at yeah. some point. Oh, God. Well, I know I know what you're saying, but, mm-hmm. boy, it could get real hideous. World it? War Three, yeah. Civil War Number 2. Oh. There's all sorts of stuff that could happen. So, uh, you know. It'll still be the 50s for me, though. The 50s? Yeah, that, those are the good old days. Or you, 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 I mean, you know, we weren't really at war after... After know, Korea. After Korea. Yeah. And, you know, you had Ike as president. He ran as a Republican because he figured he'd probably have a better chance of getting elected that yeah, way. Yeah, I think that's but true. But he didn't have any real allegiance to any kind no, of... No, he did not. ...kind of anything, really. No, he, he, he didn't. That's he just true. wanted to play golf and, uh, and avoid war and build highways. Mm-hmm. Three, pretty good three admirable things. Yeah, exactly. And he actually oh, no, accomplished yeah. all of them. Yeah, he did, yeah. Well, people don't know that's why we have an interstate. The interstate system, yeah. yeah. It's because mm-hmm. Eisenhower moving troops. Yeah. On the other hand, it ruined all those family motels. Oh, it certainly did, didn't it? Those things got pushed aside in a, in a heartbeat. There's still a few left, but people are basically paying rent by the hour. <laughs> and do they know the woman they're with? Um, <laughs> uh, Bring your daughter to work day. Yeah. Well, that's a sexist question. <laughs> that really is. They're not always with women. That's a good point. See, Tom, you homophobe. Unless they're women. Unless they're women. Well, it all depends. No, yeah. I say, you know, you know that I have a fascination with those motels, the ones that are still around. I remember the Cloverleaf out on Lindell Avenue. The Cloverleaf on oh. Lindell? That uh, was very popular among some of the twins. That's what was the right. one on, is either Minnehaha or Hiawatha had the little airplane on it? Is it the oh, that, that, was, that was the... Um, um, what was the airport in, wasn't it? Didn't maybe that what it was the it? airport in. Well, I thought you were talking about the Falls Motel. That no, was That was the one that down, had... That a little had farther had, north yeah. from there. Because the Falls was notorious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For what? Well... Being close to the uh, Minnehaha Falls? For really nothing that would be very shocking today, but... <laughs> I no, the, the worst motel in the Twin Cities is probably the Aqua City Motel. Oh, the Aqua City. I remember the Aqua City. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's like, um, how would I put it, uh, uh, come for the mold and, and stay for the theft, you know. I nice. think that's their slogan. What was the one out there on 55 just short of uh, Douglas Drive? Was it, Oh, uh, yeah. Was it just the Golden Valley Motel? It might have been, yeah. I think it was. I, honest to God, did anybody ever stay there that wasn't a hooker? Mm. <laughs> it wasn't. Was, well, wasn't the White House out there? Well, the White House. That's what I just started to say, the White House. Yeah. yeah. 
And the White House was kind of a classy place. At one time, yeah. Yeah, at one time, yeah. At one time it was, but I still have enough faith in humanity. Should I give up my faith in humanity? Because I still have enough faith in humanity no. that we're going to get through this. Well, you have to. You have to have some hope. Yeah. You would You would think, yes. You, you take That's away coming hope, from Gelfand, of all people. <laughs> you got to like yeah. some people. Well, I, mean, I didn't want to say it, but thank you. I mean, you know, my, my family history tells me that if you don't have hope, you don't got nothing. No, you're right. You're absolutely And that's, don't you wonder sometimes, and I suppose this is part of my problem, the fact that I look back and go, I, I thought I would get past all this sometime. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I thought I would, you know, my dad went down off the rails and you know, we poor as hell and we we're doing this and everybody that. But you look back, man, and it's like, is this ever going to end? Seriously. Well, you think, you think uh, that, I think we thought when we were young that, we were going to resolve all our problems. Yeah, well, I did. That oh, we yeah. were going Every to young happy. person is like, yeah, I'm going, yep. to, I'm going to fix the world when I grow up. And, and now the reality is that when, when people go to see shrinks, therapists, whatever, they're, what they're really looking for is just the, the power to accept what has happened. Yeah. That's all. It's not, you That's know. all you can hope for. Right, exactly. Oh, you're absolutely right. Well, that's one of the problems of our increasingly global world is that everyone is constantly worried about what's going on everywhere. Yeah. Whereas 60 years ago, that really wasn't the case unless it was something enormous. Like nuclear war, annihilation. Pretty much, yep, exactly. That's all we had to worry about. Under the desk. Well, I mean, God, yeah. Before World War II, you asked the average American what's going on outside of our own borders. Probably they have no idea. They were like, I don't care. I live here. And that's what everyone was like back before the era of, you know, constant world wars and flying overseas to fight battles on behalf of other people. You know, a hundred years ago, the world was a lot smaller of a place, so that means a lot fewer problems. You know, what's amazing about that, Andy, is that, you know, where I grew up was murder central for the state of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Most murders by far. I believe it still is. I believe it still is, yes. But imagine walking down the street. You're in front of Rough Brothers Supermarket on 18th and Emerson. And you know that R-U-F-F. That's oh. how it was spelled, Rough Brothers, yeah. You're walking along, and you know that this guy got killed, that guy got mm. killed, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you started hearing sonic booms, but nobody told you you were going to hear them. Oh, yeah. Remember those, Mike? Oh, yeah. Jesus. I think a lot of people uh, freaked out, and other people had hideous, uh, you know, like like uh, migraines and other things. Oh, yeah. Because it just destroys, you know, your – I mean, there's a lot of things that mess with your brain. Oh, I would Super, so, Yeah, sonic booms are pretty bad. Holy – and they it was like every day for a while. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Every day there'd be something. You walk down the street, boom! Mo- mostly because a bunch Woo. of billionaires wanted to go to France yeah. in an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. the Concorde? Yeah, the yeah, Concorde. That, that never did very well. It no, did, it really uh, turned out to be a bust, yeah. Then what, it crashed? Well, yeah, it turns out going uh, past the speed of sound uh, takes a lot of fuel. Yes. If you can believe yes. it. <laughs> Who would have thought? Did you deal with sonic booms in where you grew oh, up? Oh, yeah. Well, there was a, a military base oh, in Concord, okay. Massachusetts, and I was, lived in Lexington. And when I, in my grade school, I could look out the window and watch planes take off and land. They were, you know, so they're fighter planes, and they're yeah. doing it all the time. Yeah. Right. Oh, I thought it was true, cool. Yeah. Well, if somebody had told us in the inner city this is what this is, that would have been nice. Please plug your ears. I I seem to remember I I was aware of what caused it and what they were. Wait a minute. Weren't there stories in The Spokesman? (laughs) Yes, I'm sure The Spokesman (laughs) had many stories. That and the St. Louis Evening Whirl, those two (laughs) newspapers. But 
I, I, I'm telling you, and the reason I brought, brought up Rough Brothers, the supermarket, was when those booms went off, those windows rattled. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa, those windows oh, rattled. China falling out of the touch. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Think of all the matzo ball soup that exploded at Plitman's. Oh, I still see Michael once in a while, you know. Yeah. Michael Plitman. I always loved that guy. What a yeah. great guy he yeah. is. Plitman, now, now you made me... Pine for the old days. I know, I'm my, thinking corned beef right now. All right, I'll close with my Desnick Brothers story. I love this story. I'm about seven, eight years old. Desnick's used to be on the corner of Plymouth Avenue and Penn Avenue. Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> so I'm standing in front of Desnick Brothers, and this old man comes out, and he's wearing a Homburg hat, and he's got the top coat with the black velvet lapels. You remember those? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, he started talking to me, and he's lighting his cigar, and, you know, I do realize a nice Jewish fella from West of Penn, because that's where all the Jews live. Pretty Well, not always, around North Commons at first, but then the Jewish community moved right. to West of Penn Avenue. Well, my, right? my grandmother was on 8th and Newton. Yeah, there you go. Right there, that, that's what it was all about. Mm-hmm. But I do remember he's, he's lighting a cigar, and he's looking down the street to the east, and there are all these kids running across Plymouth Avenue, in and out of the traffic, and they're just not behaving, and cars are slamming on yeah. their brakes. And this man, assuming because I was standing on a corner in front of Desnick's, that I was a little Jewish boy, mm-hmm. right? And he's lighting a cigar, and he's looking down there, looking down, and he finishes lighting, he looks at me kid, and goes, kid, don't ever act like a schmuck like that, and walked <laughs> away. I will never forget that. It was, what a, hey, it was a wonderful moment for Takes me. a village. It's a, it does take a village. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Oh, we got to take a break because it also takes car selling secrets. Sounds Coming like up you next. might have some guests. I think we do. We well, they've been talking out there, there for like a half yes, an hour. They have. Well, they know each other well. All right. We'll, we'll be, be right back. back. <laughs>